Next on BYU Sports Nation, is the Big 12 actually making a move toward expansion? Or is this just another pebble in the ocean of never-ending rumors? ESPN's Brett McMurphy and our very own Blaine Fowler will join us to discuss the latest expansion news. Fascinating stuff. Plus, we want to set a world record on this show. BYU pitcher Maverick Buffalo might be able to help us do that. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May the 4th. Q Jason. <laughs> Or not. Wherever and however you're dialed in. I just know this is, I'm going to get in so much trouble today. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the meteorologist from Dagobah, Jason Shepard. Let me check the seven day. It's going to be hot and humid all week long. (laughs) You know weather patterns for all of the Star Wars planets, don't you? I just assumed everybody did. I didn't realize that it was unique to me. It's May the 4th, man. Let's go big or go home, can right? I, can I tell you a story that happened? You can't make this up. Please do. On a day like this. I'm driving down to come to work this morning. I stop at a convenience store to buy some mints. So I walk in. The guy at the counter, trying, and he's trying, he's doing his be- Good job, good effort. Okay? <laughs> he's doing his best. There's a guy in front of me that's wearing a Star Wars shirt. So they get into a conversation. So he obviously realizes it's May the 4th. So he's like, you know, may the 4th be with you, that kind of stuff. So when I get my – go up to pay for, for my mints, you know, since we had just been talking about it, he's like, hey, may the 4th be with you. And I got to – he shows the spot live long and prosper <laughs> sign. And I just thought to myself – I just appreciate the effort. I, I do. But he mixed up his stars. He went he went a mix of wars and trek and that I didn't realize it was that hard for me to do the, the live long and prosper. May the fourth be with you. But you can't make that stuff up. May the fourth <laughs> be with you, but threw up the live long and prosper. Good job. Good effort. Good job. How does one properly celebrate May the fourth? I think we figured out a starter pack, by the way. Yoda ears, a toy lightsaber. Uh, episodes four, five, and six on VHS or DVD, whatever you have, and something to represent Princess Leia buns, correct? You could just go get some cinnamon rolls. <laughs> They're sticky enough. They might just stick to your ears. Cinnabon is going to be super busy today. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines as we wish you a happy May the 4th. BYU football ranked 55th by collegefootballnews.com in their post-spring rankings. That too low? Too high? Right on. And the day after we talked about Taysom Hill being ranked 22nd by the Sporting News, Bleacher Report (laughs) ranks Tanner Mangum as the 23rd best returning quarterback in college football. It's all connecting. BYU Volleyball found out their national semifinal opponent will be Long Beach State as the 49ers swept Erskine. Now the BYU-Long Beach match will be tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our very own Jerem Jordan, who I promise you is celebrating May the 4th. He will have the call 
on BYU Radio. Uh, let me raise the uh, Vulcan or whatever. May the fourth. Just it's May the fourth. We be appreciate you, the effort. <laughs> <laughs> Number twenty six BYU baseball stumbled last night in a seven to six loss to Utah Valley in the Parkway Collision. The Batcats. Well, they have bigger fish to fry in the West Coast Conference as they travel to Pepperdine and Malibu for a three-game series beginning tomorrow. The ace, Mike Rucker, scheduled to make the start. Yeah, we'll have Maverick Buffo uh, in studio coming up a little bit later on in the program. And finally, the women's soccer team finished their tour of Italy with a 1-1 draw versus Res Roma. The Cougars went 3-0-1 on the tour, outscoring their opponents 18-1. All right, everybody. Are you ready to rise and shout? It's time for What's Trending. Yes. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Behind the scenes of Big 12 expansion talks. BYU has chosen to, to play our role in this privately. It's the way we do our business. Like I said in the first comments, we don't really try to compare ourselves to other people. And I feel that we're doing it the right way. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo says BYU is doing it the right way. Now, whatever that involves in corresponding with the Big 12, that's up to the Athletic Director. But in Tom Holmo, we trust. And I know some of you are saying, click, or have already clicked (laughs) off the TV or the radio, like, I can't take any more Big 12 talk. I can't do it. But just bear with me, because things are getting Interesting. It's different this time. I'll tell you why. Some background and a timeline of what's happening right now. now Jason, yesterday we learned the Big 12's data research shows that a 12-team league with an eight-game conference schedule and a championship game is the best model for putting a team in the college football playoff. Shocking, really? right? Shocking? Really? Well, there you go. The Big 12 has 10 teams right now, a nine-game conference schedule, and one true champion. But no championship game. <laughs> It's backfired on them at least once. This week in Phoenix, the Big 12's athletic directors and coaches are holding their annual spring meetings, and ESPN insider Brett McMurphy is on location. He will join us in 10 minutes from those meetings in Phoenix to give us an idea of what's happening and what he knows. Then after these meetings in Phoenix, the conference's presidents will meet in Irving, Texas in a few weeks at the end of May. They're the real decision makers, Jason, and things... Who knows? Uh, is it is something going to happen in May? Maybe not, but it just feels different. Again, we'll get to that in just a moment. And here's another thing that's changing a bit. Oklahoma president, and by the way, the new Big 12 board chairman, David Boren, has made it very clear he wants the Big 12 to make a move this summer. Now, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby has changed his tune a little bit. Now, while he doesn't think that the league will be ready to take any major votes in the late May meeting, he did add that it would be in the league's best interest to move forward as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. perhaps later in the summer. Bowlesby said, quote, There's no sense in dragging it out once we know all the pieces to the puzzle. They now know all the pieces to the puzzle. They've got the analytics. They've got the research, the numbers. And we'll get into what exactly is involved in those numbers with Brett McMurphy of ESPN again joining us in all of nine or ten minutes. Okay, there's the current backdrop for everyone and the timeline. Meetings in Phoenix now, later in Irving, Texas, and then there will be another meeting later this summer where they could make some very, very important decisions. Then add this into the mix. At Dennis Dodd CBS, college football writer and insider, adds this. Since March, Big 12 athletic directors have seen scheduling models for future 
that include eight and nine conference games and a 16-team league. They're seeing anything and everything. They are discussing all options. Why would you not if you're considering expansion? Which brings us to today's Twitter question, and I know all of you have an opinion on this. (laughs) Why do you feel the Big 12 expansion rumors are different this time, or are they? Our first tweet coming in from at Royal Coog. This time is different because it's the first time Bowlesby is saying Big 12 expansion is best. Now, did Bob Bowlesby say that? Did he say it? Or are we interpreting the comments that he is saying expansion is best? We know David Boren thinks that. We know a lot of the schools in the Big 12 have come out and made that statement. But I don't know that Bowlesby has gone out that far. I want him to have said that. We all want him to say, oh, by the way, we're expanding. Here's the teams and the day we're going to do it. <laughs> you think we're going to get that? I do think it is different this time around because I haven't heard Bob Bowlesby as the guy saying, until now, and these are his words, be in the league's best interest to move forward as quickly as possible, perhaps later in the summer. Let me read that quote that you just read again, Jason. There's no sense in dragging it out once we know all the pieces to the puzzle. End quote. I haven't heard him say anything like that, where it's like, okay, now we got some data and some research. He's feeling tons of pressure from media, from David Bourne, the Oklahoma president, from other schools. Like, look, man, we need to do something. We need to make a decision if we're going to expand or we're not going to do it, and it needs to be now. If anything, Bowlesby in the past has gone the other direction, downplaying the need to move quickly. We don't need a knee-jerk yes. react. I mean, he's kind of tried to put the brakes on it a little bit. So while he hasn't said anything specific, this certainly is a change of tune a little bit towards the other way in terms of, yes, we need to make a decision quickly. He's being pressured. Yes, he is. He is feeling the heat. So do you, are you buying it? Is it any different this time? The Big 12, in my opinion, needs expansion for survival. No other time has it been this dire for them. Because if the conference truly wants to survive, they have to strengthen their numbers and avoid being picked apart by other conferences. If, if they truly want to make this work, the only way I see this being something that can solidify the conference is to add teams. Otherwise, people are going to come after their schools, whether it's Texas, Oklahoma, whatever the case may be. Not to mention the ability to have a championship game improves the conference chances of getting in the postseason. It just makes so much sense if they want to save this conference to do this. We'll ask Brett McMurphy that question. Do they need to expand so that the conference doesn't dissolve? Is there any validity to that talk? Then think about these little three Twitter nuggets. At Jake Trotter of ESPN told at Sports Talk with Bo in Arkansas yesterday, I think there are three teams that stand out to join the Big 12. Cincinnati, BYU, and UConn. Okay, that's good news for the Cougars. Then at Tim Brando weighs in and says, Expansion does not mean the Big 12 is falling apart. Brando, obviously a big voice for CBS College Football. He says, but the title game, excuse me, Fox Sports, but title game concept has been and continues to be a must. Then he adds this, BYU is their best play plus one. You tell him, Tim. Matt Brown of SB Nation has said that seven of the ten Big 12 schools are on board for expansion. Unfortunately, Texas is not one of those. How much power do they wield in all of this? Well, with those other two schools, Texas Tech and TCU, apparently quite a bit. (laughs) Hey, Charlie Strong said if it's good for Texas. No, he didn't say that. He said it needs to be good for everyone, which means really it needs to be good for Texas.
Up next on BYU Sports Nation, a potential world record at Studio B and Brett McMurphy of ESPN. What does he think about expansion? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN if you want to get involved. Our Twitter question today, why do you feel the Big 12 expansion rumors are different this time, or are they? Think about that (laughs) as we bring in our good friend and ESPN college football insider and analyst and expert and whatever else you want to call him, Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brett, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Uh, We are wondering... If everything is different this time or if uh, we're just kind of going back into the abyss of the ever-evolving Big 12 expansion rumors, are, they, are things different this time? I, th- I think they're a little bit different only because, the, you know, the league asked, you know, the, this consulting firm to provide data to show them, you know, if they expanded, you know, what it would be worth to the conference. So they're, they're actually going to have, instead of just, opinions on what works best for them they're going to have you know basically physical you know basically hardcore numbers that will tell them if they add team a and b it's going to be worth this much to the conference projected if they add teams b and c it's going to be worth this much if they don't expand it's they're going to make this much um but even with all that information you know several Several people here in Phoenix told me that, you know, just because the the numbers say one thing, it doesn't automatically mean we're going to do expand or not expand based on these numbers. It's just kind of part of part of the information they're going to use to make a decision. Kind of like you know, picking teams for the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, RPI is is one of the one of the items used to pick a team. But there's also the eye test and their last ten games, all that stuff. Um, so basically, this is just one part of the the formula, if you will, to make a determination on whether they expand or not. And you know, keep in mind that the presidents are not here in Phoenix this week. They meet at the end of the month in Dallas. Um, the presidents are the ones that will make the dis- ultimate decision on whether to expand or not. So. No matter what you hear coming out of Phoenix from the ADs or the coaches, it's all great, but they're not the ones that make the decision. The answer may be several things, but in your opinion, what do you believe has pushed the Big 12 closer to making a decision one way or the other? Well, it started by not making the playoff um, the first year. You know, when TCU and Baylor got left out, um, I was actually in one of the um, college football playoff meetings um that year and it was in dallas i believe and bob bowlesby had a meeting with jeff long uh, the chair of the or the chair of the college football playoff selection committee and basically jeff long told bowlesby that you know the fact that they did not have a 13th game or as they call it a 13th data point um you know hurt the league and bowlesby acted shocked by that very surprised um and basically at that point was almost resigned to the fact look we've got to have a 13th game we've got to have a conference championship game um 
or we're going to be at a disadvantage going forward. Um, and he, he actually backed off that statement. Um, when it happened, his, his ADs, um, I was told, kind of talked him off the ledge and said, wait, let's, let's think about this before we just go and add a conference championship game. Um, so it's kind of been in their mind since the first year. And then obviously, you know, the, the pluses and minuses of, of having a conference championship game, you know, whether you have one or not, then you get into the debate of, well, you want to have a conference championship game with only 10 teams. It's automatically going to be a, a rematch from a regular season game since they play everybody. Or do we need to get the 12 teams split up in divisions and do a conference championship game that way? Brett McMurphy of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. He is at the Big 12 meetings currently happening in Phoenix, Arizona. The research comes back and they say a 4 to 5% better chance of Big 12 making the college football playoff with a 12-team league, an eight-game conference schedule, and a championship game. Does the 4 to 5% chance make that much of a difference? Well, I don't think it does, but actually what I've been told is that bowls from from people here that actually it's like a 10 percent increase really um so bowlsby I, I don't know if he just um he mistakenly said the four to five percent but i've been told it's it's a, it's a 10 percent increase but then um you know people i've talked to here also have said okay so it's a 10 percent chance increase but that doesn't guarantee that we're going to get in the playoffs so what happens if we had two teams and we don't make the playoff. You know, adding two teams and having a conference championship does not guarantee the Big 12 is going to be in the college football playoff. And the funny thing is, and, you know, people have such short memories, that first year, um, going into the last week, if Ohio State does not seal club Wisconsin by <laughs> 85 points, and if, and if Florida State does not beat Georgia Tech and that game went down to the wire, Georgia Tech probably should have won that game. Um, the Big 12 gets in one team in the playoff, and maybe if both things don't happen, they get in two teams. And then I think the narrative changed. Then everybody's like, Oklahoma gets in last year, obviously. Then everybody is going to be like, why do we have a conference championship game? We need to be like the Big 12 and not have a conference title game because this hurts our chances to get into the playoffs. Of course, that didn't happen. They didn't get in that first year. Um, but it's it's only been two years into this. Uh, I'm sure one of your questions is, what, what would I do um, if it was my decision? And I, w- I, would, simply, I would simply wait two years. Um, I'd say, look, let's wait two years. Let's, let's go through this thing four years. And if we make the playoffs three out of four years, we don't need a chance conference championship game we don't need to expand if we make it two out of four then we've got a really hard decision what to do if we make it one out of four then yes we absolutely need to do something but after two years i don't think i don't think you can make a decision either way and for the arguments you know i know david Bourne, the oklahoma president has said well you know if we we need to get the 12 because this puts us at a, at a disadvantage this makes us stronger with 12 teams, I couldn't disagree more because bottom line, the teams that you're going to add, whether it's the t- any team from the American, BYU's name has been mentioned, any of those teams, they've got nowhere else to go. 
you know, they're not going to get an invite from any other league from today until, you know, four years from now. So there's no rush to get these guys. They're not going anywhere. And plus, even if you get the 12 teams, say you add four teams and you get to 14, if Texas or Oklahoma get an offer to go to the Pac-12 or to go to the Big Ten or go to the SEC, and they're going to double the revenue they're making in the Big 12, they're gone. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. If they're not going to say, well, no, we're we're secure here because now we have, you know, 12 members or 14 members. They're going to do what's best for the long-term, um, you know, future of, of their school. And if, if it's jumping to another conference, um, you know, I think they would do that. I don't think Texas or Oklahoma is going to get that offer. But I think when these grant or right deals start to expire in about eight or nine years, I really think we're going to finally see a 16-team conference happen. I think the Big Ten will be the first one to get to 16. If you will, they're going to push the button, and it's going to blow everything up. And then you're going to have the SEC react and get to 16. You're going to have the ACC go to 16. And then you're going to see the Big 12 and and Pac-12 kind of see what they can do to to get to 16. And I think at that point, um, everything gets shuffled around, and I think that will be the last major move for realignment um even if the big 12 does decide to go to 12 in the, in the next year or two i still think we'll, the the one last musical chairs of this whole thing will be when these grant of rights expire um in eight to nine years because that will give these schools the opportunity to make the move and not be penalized financially as much as if they basically now that they're prohibited to do it um because of these grant of rights deals are in place Follow him at McMurphy at ESPN on the Twitter machine. Brett McMurphy, college football insider with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, just to clarify, Brett, because there, there has been discussions about, well, we need to get to 12 because what if Texas or Oklahoma get picked off and the conference goes to eight, then it might dissolve. I mean, is there any validity to the conversation that if Texas or Oklahoma leaves and there's only 10 teams in the conference, that it would dissipate? Well, it certainly makes it certainly makes it um, the conference a lot weaker. And, and again, let's say they're at 12 and Texas and Oklahoma leave. Then they got to go find two more teams. I mean, say they're at 10 and Texas leaves. Then they have to go find four more teams. Um, again, if the grant or if when the grant of rights start to expire and if the Big Ten goes to 16, like I think they will. And I, and I just I just look at it this way. I, and again, I don't have any inside information. I want to make that clear that I know this is going to happen. I just from covering this thing, it just seems that's where we're headed. Once once this all got started, you know, it seemed that's that was the end game with sixteen teams. I don't think anybody wants a sixteen team conference. It's just fourteen teams is just it's just an unwieldy number, and sixteen makes a lot more sense. And these commissioners are smart guys, and they pay people that are smarter than them to, to figure out these things. And if you want, if you know that 10 or 15 years from now you're going to be at a 16-team conference, do you want to be the league that has the first choice of getting to 16, or do you want to be the last league that has the choices to get to 16? Kind of like if you're playing a pickup game. Do you want to pick? Do you want to pick the first two guys on your team, or do you want to be the? Or do you want to be the conference that says we'll take the, 
we'll take the four foot seven, you know, guy, <laughs> you know, with with wearing two left shoes. Um, so I think that's why we're going to do it. So back to your question about should they go ahead and add teams? I don't think it matters. Again, Texas and Oklahoma, if it ever got to a point where they had an, an offer to go to another league where they would double their revenue and it, it made sense for them to go, whether there was 12 teams, whether there was 14 teams, whatever in the Big 12, I don't think it would influence their decision, and I don't think it would make the Big 12 you know, any less likely to, to be picked off by other leagues. Because if, if, for instance, the Big 10 was interested in a Kansas or the Pac-12 wanted four teams to go out west, um, you know, basically the, what the Big 12 would have to do would have to find replacements, um, you know, to, to keep their conference going. And, um, you know, the unknown would be where all these, you know, where the Big 10 would look. Certainly with the Big Ten Network, they're going to pick schools that are not in their footprint to increase the, the amount of money they make with the Big Ten Networks. And, you know, you guys have heard the, the various, uh, the usual suspects, teams out of the ACC, teams from the, from the Big 12. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing is the Big Ten and the SEC, the revenue for those two leagues, are, are, they're basically pulling away from the other three Power Five leagues. Um, so certainly I would be shocked if the Big Ten ever got somebody to leave the SEC. I don't think anyone would ever leave the SEC voluntarily. I don't think the SEC would ever get anybody out of the Big Ten either. So you kind of look at the other three leagues as where the Big Ten and the SEC would kind of pick their, pick their two teams, and then those three other leagues would kind of go get the teams that would, that would best help them but more importantly, that but they would you know help them survive um, any defections. Fascinating stuff with Brett McMurphy, who is at the Big Twelve meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. Brett, we always appreciate the time. We know you're a busy guy. We wish you safe travels, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Okay, thanks, guys. Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. There is a ton there, but I want to point out. One thing that really stood out above the rest, and that is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Brett McMurphy and others report the research shows a 10% or more increase of probability that expansion would help the Big 12 in the college football playoff. What's the chance before that 10% increase is what I really want to know. So, like, if expansion was, I don't know, if it was like a if their chance of getting into the college football playoff was like 35%, now is it 45 or 50% if they expand to 12 teams? I'd like to know what the original starting number is. Yeah, you, you, 10% does not sound like a huge increase. I really think this just boils down to whether or not they want to do it or not. Because as Brett said in the interview, just because the research says they should expand doesn't mean they are. Or if the research says don't, doesn't mean they may not go ahead and do it on anyway. So it's, it sounds like they're just going to have to make the decision one way or the other. The fact of the matter is David Boren is becoming louder and louder and louder in the ears of all of the Big 12 schools outside of a few Texas schools. And Bob Bowlesby is feeling the pressure. And these analytics only add fuel to that fire for Boren. It's about time. Up next, where does BYU fit into all of this? Has anything changed? Blaine Fowler is going to join us in studio and discuss where the Cougars are in Big 12 expansion talks.
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Softball begins a three-game series at home against Santa Clara on Friday. Check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. Hey, guess what? McKenna Bull is still a really good pitcher <laughs> for BYU softball. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines and add a new twist to this. ESPN has announced their bowl schedule. BYU is contracted this year with the Poinsettia Bowl in San Diego, which is scheduled for Wednesday, December 21st, 9 p.m. Eastern time. That game will be broadcast on ESPN. Let's see. Late December, San Diego. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Okay, fine. Twist my arm. <laughs> BYU Volleyball found out their national semifinal opponent will be Long Beach State as the 49ers swept Erskine. The BYU-Long Beach match will be tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern. Jerem Jordan will have the call on BYU Radio. Number 26 BYU Baseball lost last night to Utah Valley 7-6 to in the Parkway Collision. The Batcats get back to work in West Coast Conference play. Three-game series beginning at Pepperdine in Malibu tomorrow. We'll have uh, Maverick Buffo in studio coming up on our next segment. Uh, the women's soccer team finished their tour of Italy mm, with a 1-1 draw versus Res Roma. The Cougars went 3-0-1 on the tour, outscoring their opponents 18-1. Joining us now in studio, and I love the fact that I can say in studio on a more regular basis, is former... BYU National Champion quarterback Blaine Fowler, our dual threat analyst. Blaine, good to have you back in Studio B. Eight minutes away now, guys. Eight minutes away. It's fantastic. <laughs> we needed to get closer to family, so I had to get down here by Spencer and by <laughs> Brian Logan, my nephews. <laughs> Always, man. I embrace it wholeheartedly. Hey, we just talked to Brett McMurphy of ESPN, and he said that Bob Bowlesby's initial, well, there's a 4 to 5% better chance of us getting into the college football playoff if we expand to 12 is actually like 10%. Dennis Dodds of CBS said it's 10 to 15%. So with that said, do you feel like the Big 12 expansion rumors and talk are different this time around? Because quite frankly, a lot of people have turned off the show today because they don't even <laughs> want to hear about it. I, th- I think Bourne is serious about this. And I, and I think that that Oklahoma wields a big enough bat in that league um, to stand up to Texas – and to make something happen this time. And he's been so proactive about it this time around. Now that he has data to support his cause, and, and, you, and you heard that not only um, is it data that shows they've got a better chance to get in into the championship round, that round of four, but there are going to have scenarios that show with these two teams, there's this additional revenue that would come. With these four teams, there's this. So they're going to look at models of revenue. Money drives everything. And and if you don't think that BYU is going to be in every one of those as the top revenue generator of all the teams from the American Athletic Conference and BYU that are being talked about for this expansion, certainly BYU is going to be the biggest revenue boost and eyes on programs boost. So they have the biggest following of any of the schools that they're talking about. Not just on, you know, Backsides and seats in the stadium, but also on television ratings and all those things. BYU is a proven commodity. They have the best national reputation of any of the schools that they're talking about. So when they start to look at those financial models, uh, BYU is going to come out on top in all of those areas. Uh, if if this league is going to finally have a little 
foresight if they're going to be proactive instead of reactive wait, the way they've been. Wait, that's crazy talk, Blaine, because they've been super reactionary. Yeah, and, and I think that that's what's been driving Oklahoma crazy. Now remember, this league almost fell apart. The, the, the league almost lost Oklahoma and Texas to the Pac-12 because Pac-12 was thinking ahead. They were looking to expansion. They were trying to broker a deal with the two biggest schools in that conference and the two biggest re- revenue generators in that conference. So I, I think that, that Oklahoma and its just president and faculty and AD are going, why are we always behind everybody? And, and they're looking right now, and the SEC has announced revenue shares from their television contract, and the Big Ten has announced, well, this is what our revenue share is going to be. And the Big 12 lags behind. And it's some of the most traditional football schools in history, in Texas and Oklahoma, and, you know, and it doesn't sit well. And it shouldn't sit well with Texas. But but Texas hasn't been very competitive in the last couple of years. And I think that that's the primary reason they don't support it. You know what? Hey, let's bring BYU in. Oh, guess what? They just thumped us. We're one in four against BYU all time. Yeah, do we really want them in? Texas doesn't have a problem with revenue. They, their merchandising and their their fan base is second to none in the country. So it's the one school in the league that doesn't need any additional revenue. And they haven't even had a sniff of playing in the championship game in the last couple of years. It's been a program that's been down. So, of course, they don't support it. I, I love Oklahoma. And, and you know what? I love the fact that Oklahoma's going, yeah, let's bring great teams in. Bring it on. We're not afraid to play anybody, and we need more good teams in this conference. All right, Blaine. So, true or false, the Big 12 will make the decision to expand this summer. Is it going to happen or not? I think after the president's meeting, they'll come out and they'll, they'll talk about that they've made the decision to expand. Now, I don't know what that timeline for right, expansion right. will be, but, but I do think that there's enough ammunition this time that, to, that they're going to make a decision. And here's the other thing I don't know. After all these discussions and looking at all these financial models, do they really get ahead of it this time and go, you know what, we really believe strongly based on our research that there's going to be five 16-team leagues five or six years from now. Let's not wait and pick up the scraps like we've been doing. Let's get ahead of it and expand now and leave very few good teams left for the pack and for the SEC and the, you know these schools that are at, at 14 or 12 right now. So that'll be the big question to me. Do they decide to just go full bore and add, and add up to 16, or do they just go to 12 for now and at least get two good teams in that? Do they try and pluck from some other Power 5 conferences from the ACC? Could they do something like that? That's, there's so much involved there, but if you think that what Blaine Fowler is saying is crazy, and I don't, by the way. Okay, I good, think good. it's fantastic. Nothing you say is crazy, by the way. <laughs> Dennis Dodd, CBS, said the following a couple of days ago on Twitter. Since March, Big 12 athletic directors have seen scheduling models for the future that include eight and nine conference games and a 16-team league. Yeah, it it's is, being discussed. It is. And, and you want to what? If they do this, they need to lock these teams in contractually with their television rights like the ACC did this last time around. So if you need to lock teams in so they sign the contract that says, if we leave the new Big 12, the television rights for our home games still stay with the Big 12. That is a huge discouragement to anybody that thinks about leaving. And the ACC's contracts now with their expanded league have a lot of teeth in them. You know, and I do. I think that Notre Dame is going to end up joining the ACC for all sports ball before this is all said and done. Um, that's the alignment. That's where they're going with that. And so, there's not. Gonna, I don't think you got a great chance to take anybody from the ACC. The SEC. Everybody in that conference thinks it's the greatest conference in the history of college sports. <laughs> and, and so, who are you going to take? So you better go right now. 
and you better get BYU who has a national reputation, and you better get one other. At least go to 12. And, and, and that team, I mean, who's the best? I don't know. Is it Cincinnati? Geographically, they make sense. Basketball program is really good. Momentum seems good. to be on their side. Yeah, and for they've sure. lobbied actively for it. And they may make the most sense um, to bring in with BYU. Uh, if, you, if you're going to do something, at least go get those two right now. Okay, so looking specifically at BYU, if BYU gets into the Big 12, it will be because of what? And if BYU doesn't get in, it will be because of what? If, if they get in, it will, because, it will be because they bring the, the most revenue of all the schools they're looking at and because they bring the biggest fan base of all the schools they're looking at. Those would be the two primary reasons why you'd be very interested in BYU. If they don't get in, it would be because they're worried about the other sports and the no Sunday play policy. But I don't think that that's too that big. Can be worked, yeah, uh, I don't think that's around. too big a thing to overcome. But it, the perception of that may cause some discussion and some problems. And there's a lot of misconception um, about what BYU TV and BYU's broadcasting network brings. I think that if BYU does this right and they sell it right to the league, they can sell that as a big, huge positive instead of what may be perceived by some in the league as a negative. They've been beat down by Texas and their network. I think BYU could come in and say, look at the WCC. Our network does the conference tournament. We have a good relationship with our member universities. If you want to start a network, BYU TV can be part of that. And not only that, they can teach you how to put the infrastructure in place and how to get distribution and how to do all of that from the ground up. It can be sold as a positive instead of a negative. But I still think there are some universities in that league that think that that's a thing that they have to overcome. I think BYU can overcome both of those things, but those would be the two things that would be sticking points that would have to be talked about. Fantastic stuff, Blaine. And we always appreciate uh, the progressive thinking that we hope the Big 12 is now carrying into these meetings. I'm ready to go negotiate on BYU's behalf. (laughs) Hey, we've got a few days before game number one, right? Countdown to the Wildcats! 122. 122 days away before BYU and Arizona kick off the 2016 college football season. Plenty of time for Blaine Fowler to negotiate BYU's trip into the Big 12. I'm going to get it done. And you know what? All of our other sports will be really good in that league. Soccer, volleyball, Everyone. basketball. Hey, our baseball team's baseball. now playing at Big 12 Let, level. Come on. Go, we can get man. this thing done. Let's do it. It makes way too much sense. <laughs> Just get it done. <laughs> Blaine, thanks for the time, man. Be back, guys. Uncle B in Studio B. Why do you feel the Big 12 expansion rumors are different this time, or are they? At DeYoung1993 says, no difference. I expect them to put off any decision until next year and then repeat the process. Our fans have been scarred, (laughs) scathed. Good grief. Up next, how about we try and set a world record, at least make a plan for it in Studio B. Maverick Buffalo BYU Baseball is here to help us do that. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard hanging out live in Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV marketing your calendars or put it in your DVR recordings, 6 p.m. Eastern time. DVRs, one of the greatest inventions in my lifetime. Hey, by the way, Eric Mika has... Uh, he has made an addendum to his requirement to send out his first Instagram post. He said that he only needs 500 followers on Instagram at big E one, two O N E T W O. He needs 500 followers to send out his first Instagram post, not the original 1000. I think he could have made the 1000 though. 
Clearly, though, if he's dropping it down, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Men's volleyball is in Pennsylvania as they get ready to face Long Beach State tomorrow in the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. Jerem Jordan is in the Keystone State and will be on the call at 6 Eastern on BYU Radio. Jerem Jordan headed to the Final Four of men's volleyball. We wish him, or we, I should say, may the fourth be with you, <laughs> Jerem Jordan. Yes. And I was corrected. Like, this is, this is live long and prosper with the thumb extended. Okay? This is, this is Mork and Mindy Robin Williams. Nanu Nanu? Nanu Nanu with the thumb in. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that there was a distinction there. They, I think it was... Uh, at BYU Teddy Bear, yes. Okay. At BYU Teddy Bear 89 was the one that uh, brought me in on that. So thank you for clarifying that. By the way, Mika, is it 499? Is that correct? Oh, he's at 401. So he's 99 followers away on Instagram from sending out his first post. Make it happen, BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now, another man who is making waves on social media in his own unique way, and that is BYU pitcher Maverick Buffalo. Maverick, welcome to Studio B. Thanks for having me. The hat stacking spectacular. Hey, when are we, first of all, when are we setting the world record? We want to do it here, man. When, yeah. are, when are we going to attempt this thing? Uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll have to wait another time. We've got we to gotta keep going with the rally caps for a little bit and see how okay. we go with Okay, so, so after the rally cap season is, okay, we'll do the yep. summer activity? Yep. <laughs> okay. Now you brought in, you brought in, look at this, look at this stack of, of hats. Just a portion of your collection or what? Just a little bit. Now see, as a Cardinals fan, to see the Cubs <laughs> on the front, you know, it's a little... Disturbing to me, but I'm going to let that one go. Are you a Cubs guy, Maverick? <laughs> no, I'm a Yankee guy, but so I just like collecting a lot of hats. So in high school, uh, I would get a hat for every letter I got from an MLB team filling out paperwork for him. So just a little bit of the collection. Where did the rally hat stacking begin? What's the what's the genesis of that? Uh, so last year it was I, I believe it was Brandon Kinzer. Me and him were just messing around one time. We did it. We won. We're like, oh, let's kind of stick with it. And so we were at LMU last year, and we we stacked everybody's hats. We got a couple of the coaches' hats on there, and it brought us back to a tie. It didn't work uh, to, for the win yet. We waited a couple innings. And then uh, Eric Urey was like, all right, we got to try something new. So there was a porta potty out in the bullpen. <laughs> I had to sit in the porta potty for about four innings, peeping through the holes at the top and waiting for Urey to finally hit his home run. As people are knocking on the doors like, hey, we need to go. I'm like, you can't until the game's over. you got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so he, fi- he finally hit his home run. I'm pretty sure I hit someone with the door. I ran out so fast when he hit that home run. I was like, oh, well, but here's another thing. We'll just add that to the rally. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Four innings yeah. in a porta potty it, it, it was bad. <laughs> Bro, that is taking one for the team. Hey, trying to be a team guy. So. <laughs> that may be one of the best slash gross stories I've ever heard. It was bad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I hope Eric took you out to lunch like 70 times for no, doing that. No, he makes up for all the catches he had, like in Kansas for me. He saved me with that, so we get even. That's a good point. He had another spectacular catch against yeah. Gonzaga. Should have been on SportsCenter's top 10. It was a travesty that I wasn't. I told him he only gets up there when I'm pitching. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maverick Buffalo, BYU pitcher with us in Studio B, sharing some fantastic, <laughs> fantastic stories about the superstitions that play into uh, baseball, and specifically here at BYU. Uh, Jason had a good question this morning, and he, and, uh, he brought up, he's like, is it, I wonder if there's a story behind the name Maverick. So is is there a story behind your first name? Uh, I was just named after the movie Top Gun. So I was right. You called it. I was right. You <laughs> called I it. I said, I wonder, maybe his parents were just big fans of the movie Top Gun. Uh, yep. That and John Wayne, too. So. 
There you go. Holy cow. Okay, well, I don't know how this interview is going to get any better. It's already, like, pinnacled right now. So how happy are you they weren't fans of uh, Goose? Seriously. Everybody always asks, that's all I got growing up. Oh, do you have a friend Goose or something? No, No, I'm a maverick, okay? Get over it. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about the actual baseball that you uh, had going for you. You were rolling this season, man. You had a great season going, 6-1 yeah. and one as a starting pitcher, uh, the Friday night guy in conference play. And between you and Mike Rucker, it seemed like things couldn't be better. Then the injury news, and you get shut down for the season. It's been a few weeks since that's happened. So how are you mentally and how are you progressing now that uh, that news has kind of had a chance to settle in? Um, I mean, definitely it was really hard. As the stars, we're having a great year. And and it was it was kind of me and Rucker looked at it as we were the one two punch and so we knew we we're like we're set and we had plenty of guys in the and if we could go as long as we could we knew we'd had plenty of guys for the Saturday games and so there was uh, kind of how coach was saying we pieced together game three and we have plenty of guys that are good enough to do it that we were fine and now that that went down it was kind of hard because it was like okay I really want guys to step up like like I know there's plenty of guys behind me that were going to do the job and. It was really tough for me because it actually started when I was in Portland is when I first felt it, but I thought, oh, it's just kind of a typical arm injury. Like, it was just kind of sore. I was like, I'll be fine. Then we went to practice when we came home. I threw and it was kind of a little tender. I was like, okay, something's up, but I didn't say anything because I was like, I can still throw through it. And then I started the San Diego game. It was really tight, but it loosened up, and then we had those two long innings, and that just got worse. And everybody kind of knew something was up. My velo dropped a little bit, and then – I was like, oh, I'm fine. They they gave me a week off. I, I kind of did a little bit of a anti-inflammatory. Tried to start at St. Mary's, and it just it was bad. I mean, I was I think I topped out at like 81. Mm. So I mean, it hurt pretty bad. But I mean, I wanted to do everything for the team. Now I've just looked at it as I gotta get stronger and try and be the best teammate I can right now to be behind my team. So so is is the the throwing of sunflower seeds is that is that therapeutic? Is that is that exercise? It's a good form. You just flick the wrist. That's all you gotta do. Because <laughs> during one of the interviews I was having with Hayden Rogers, you were behind him just pelting him in the yeah. back of the head with sunflower seeds. Yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he had a whole bag down his back. So. <laughs> What is the re- I mean what's the recovery process for you now training off season like what is there going to be surgery required is that not known uh, No they did a, just a little bit of PRP they just kind of injected it with a platelet rich plasma and so it's just supposed to help the healing process and then I just rehab and get strong should at the end of this month I'm supposed to start throwing so So it's just a matter of waiting Yep just trying to get stronger one of the things that this team has shown the ability to do, and quite frankly, one of the reasons it's so successful, is after a loss, this team has been able to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? There's plenty of guys. I mean, it's kind of our attitude. I mean, if you even see against, like, this, yesterday it was kind of tough. Yeah, I mean, showing up, I, I think, I mean, they came ready to play, and I think we kind of rolled in going, oh, we're going to beat these guys type of thing. And, and everybody was kind of down, and, and it was kind of like against Gonzaga, like, all the ninth inning rolled around and we're going, oh, they're coming back. Like to where against Gonzaga, we were coming back and it was everybody kind of picked it up in the ninth to where now it's like, oh, we actually got to show up from the beginning. So I think with the attitude everybody has, I mean, it's great. Everybody's behind. Everybody knows we can win. And we're like, we're a tough team. We're great. We got plenty of guys back there that are going to do their job. And so we know it's just when you, when you get called on, you got, you got to do your part and we know we're going to be fine with this. So. Maverick, we need to have you on again soon to talk about strategy of hat stacking. We're going to press for a world record, man. I, I'm okay. confident that you can pull this off. Oh, we can do it. I just need Danny Jolich. He's the one that helps me with this. Oh, okay, Danny okay. Jolich. I sit there and he stacks it up. So. 
Mav, we appreciate the time, and we wish you. you a very quick recovery. Look forward to great things in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Mav. BYU baseball heads out to Pepperdine starting tomorrow. Mike Rucker, the ace, set to make the start. We need Maverick to sign our stretch white flag sign as well before flag. he goes. Yeah, make it happen. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU now knows the time and date of their bowl game, where it's going down on ESPN. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do? Let us whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. ESPN has announced their bowl schedule. BYU is contracted this year with the Poinsettia Bowl, which is scheduled for Wednesday, December 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. San Diego. BYU football ranked 55th by collegefootballnews.com in their post-spring rankings. And the day after we talked about Taysom Hill being ranked 22nd as the quarterback or the best quor- the best quarterbacks in college football, Bleacher Report ranks Tanner Mangum 23rd best. It all makes sense. Volleyball. Volleyball found out their national semifinal opponent will be Long Beach State after the 49ers swept Erskine. The BYU versus Long Beach match will be tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern. Jerem Jordan is on site and will have the call on BYU Radio. Baseball. The number 26 ranked Batcats fell last night 7-6 to Utah Valley at home. The Batcats now travel to Pepperdine for a three-game West Coast Conference Series beginning tomorrow. Soccer. The women's soccer team finished their tour of Italy with a 1-1 draw versus Res Roma. Cougars went 3-0-1 on the tour, outscoring their opponents 18-1. Softball. Lost to Southern Utah University last night 6-5. Ashley Thompson 2-4 with four runs batted in and a home run. They face Santa Clara in a WCC series this weekend at home. Track and field. The men's and women's teams head to Ogden to compete at the Weber State Twilight today and tomorrow. Future guests include Tooney Knooch of BYU Football, Jerem Jordan from the great state of Pennsylvania and the semifinals of men's volleyball, Coco Tawali Bond and Brian Hightower. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need <laughs> yes. it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Maverick Buffo for sitting in a porta potty for four <laughs> innings as part of a successful superstition. That is dedication. Unbelievable. What do you feel about the Big 12 expansion rumors? Are they different this time? Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Lasersheep. It's like a game of Connect Four by Milton Bradley. Three in a row is exciting, but you know they'll just block you. Hey, thanks to our guests, Brett McMurphy, (laughs) Maverick Buffo, and Blaine Fowler. Download the show, podcast on iTunes for Jason. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Admiral Akbar. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs)